You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. Dear friends, you should know that there are 66 books in the Bible, 27 books in the New Testament, and 39 books in the Old Testament. There are 1,180 chapters, 31,102 verses, 783,137 words. There are 3,116,480 letters in the Bible. But you see, the entirety of the Bible can be reduced to nine letters, three syllables, and three words, three simple words. God is love. God is love. Yes, there are tens of thousands of verses that have been written over thousands of years, interpreted by millions and read by billions across time and space. But perhaps a single verse sums it all up. And the verse is this, for God so loved the world that God gave God's only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It seems to me that as Valentine's Day approaches with all the roses and carnations and chocolates and sweethearts, God is trying to tell us something, Union, and it's really not very complicated. You don't have to read the Bible from cover to cover. You don't have to have studied at the finest universities. No, you don't need any advanced degrees. In fact, you don't need any degrees at all. So we don't need to overthink it because at the end of the day, it is not a matter of the head. It is a matter of the heart. That's what we're after. So you see, a single statement will suffice. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. When we talk about love, we're not talking about some sentimentality that has no meaning. Uh, This is not about mere words that are pleasing to the ear and are intended to make us feel good. We're not talking about warm fuzzies and whisperings, sweet nothings in someone's ear. You see, love is often reduced to romance between two people or among biological family members and close friends when in reality, love is much bigger than that. In fact, love is the ground of all things, visible and invisible. In fact, love is the very best thing that there is. Love is God's greatest plan for the world. So we're really not talking about erotic love or filial love between brothers or storgy love between family members. Agape love is what we're talking about. Agape love is the love of God. Yeah, you can go ahead and clap your hands just because when you say the word agape, something that gets in us. Agape is the love of God that says, I love you so much that I need to show you. It is the love of God that because God is love, love comes to us in a form, in bodily form, in the person of Jesus the Christ. God incarnate, word made flesh, love embodied in human form. Because God said, God, I just need to, I love you so much, I got to show you. So I can't be just distant from you in heaven. I got to come down to earth to walk among you 
to show you the extent to which I love you. During the good times, God is love. During the bad times, love is with us. During the ups and during the downs, love is with us. At all times, in all places, through all circumstances, love is with us. Love is the whisper in our ears that even in the midst of difficult times, everything is going to be all right. Love is the feeling of being held and being surrounded and comforted. Love is, as Schleimacher said, love is the feeling of absolute dependence. That, that, I, that, that when everything else gives way, I can lean on that, that rock, that solid rock, which will never leave us, that will never fail, that no earthquake can destroy it. We can, we, can, we can put our faith and we can stand on that firm foundation. And in Christ, we find our help. In Christ, we find our hope. Yes, agape is the love of God that transforms everything around us because we are transformed from the inside out and we become love agents. We become change agents. You see, I love you is not a saying. It is a way of doing rooted in a radical way of being in the world. In other words, love is an action word. Love is an action word. Love is more than talking the talk. It's walking the walk. Because God loves us, therefore we are called to love one another. Black churches said it down through the years that, that we've got to love everybody and treat everybody right. Doesn't matter if you don't like them. You're, we're still called to love them. You know, it, they, they might have different opinions and come from a different way of life and have different experiences, but we are called to love everybody and treat everybody right. Look, it's not right that so many of us during so many times throughout our lives feel unloved and unlovable. It's not right. It's not right. So our task then is to love everybody, love them into freedom by treating everybody right because everybody has a right to know that they are beloved of God. So our simple message that we proclaim over and over again is that you are loved because God is love. So our task is to love everybody and to treat everybody right because everybody is entitled to a safe place to live. Everybody is entitled uh, to access to good health care. You, you see, you see in, in, in a city where the, the average net worth of an, a black Bostonian is $8 when the average net worth of a white Bostonian is a quarter million dollars. Look, we are called to proclaim a way of life and love that reorders, that, that reshapes the very foundation of our society in a city where, 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 where affordable housing often is still confronted by the reality that I can't pay the rent, right? right? When food security is on the rise, even in our own backyard, 
love made manifest is our calling to make manifest a love that gets, that gets embodied in an ethic that reorders the very structures of our society. You see, all the isms and the injustices in our society, it seems to me, are rooted in the simple fact that the love bond between humanity has been broken. And we are disconnected from one another. And we don't love each other as connected, as bonded, as linked to one another, such that we experience each other as strangers. We experience each other as strangers, but the heart of the Christian faith is that we are a community that is shaped by love. And as Christians, we have a vision for this world, a vision that the only thing between us would be love. The only thing between us would be love, and it is that love that holds us Together, this is the core of Christianity. Sure, religion is about creation stories and and answering existential questions like who created us and and, and when did it happen and, and why we are here and where do we come from and where are we going. But in, in fact, the very core of Christianity is, is not about these big existential questions. Fundamentally, Christianity is about answering the, the simple question, what am I supposed to do while I'm here? What am I supposed to do while I am on this earth? In fact, this is the very message of the cross, the message of the cross. Beloved, let us love one another because God is love. You see, the cross is about the intersection of my life with your life in the life of God. It is about this vertical relationship that that God loves you, that God loves us so much that God comes down from heaven and walks among us. And because God comes to us, it calls us to reach out to one another, to reach out to one another. Because I know myself as love, then I love those who are around me. That's the horizontal plane. So in the cross, In the cross, we see the intersection of a love that is vertical and horizontal, that is is wrapped up in in, in our relationship with God and our relationship to one another. And, and, And as it says, you cannot say that you love God and not love the one you do see. You can't say you love something that is in that someone who is invisible when there is somebody standing in your face that you do not love. The meeting of this love forms a cross. That is why the cross is so powerful. Not because, get this, not because Jesus had to die on the cross in order to wash away our sins. But because on the cross, God demonstrates that God is with us, even in a world that tries to kill us. That's the power of the cross. Not not that Jesus had to die, But rather, God through Christ Jesus chooses to die as a sign of solidarity with us. That God does not even exempt God's self even from the worst of what the world has to offer. 
But God shows us even in the face of death, even in, 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 in when we are surrounded by, by, by heartbreak and by, by loneliness and by pain that, that, even, that even threatens to take our lives, God says you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. In the cross, there is a stance of solidarity. That's love. It's a foolishness that's rooted at the very heart of the gospel because a, tra a crazy, a crazy transformation happens on the cross that a tool of state execution becomes the very location of a love that transforms all hatred, that transcends all hatred. The site of death becomes the site of life. And on the cross, death does not get the final victory because through the cross, there is resurrection. There is resurrection that, that when the community realized that, that evil tried its best, but it couldn't win. It, 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 it could kill the shell, but it could not kill the soul. It could destroy the body, but could not destroy the hope. So you see, resurrection is the spirit of the community. It is the spirit of the community that says the powerless gain strength, that outsiders become insiders, that the disinherited are grafted into the very inheritance of life and liberty. That's love. That's love. That's love. Jesus told them a story that brings to life this, the greatest of commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told them a story that this, the greatest commandment, is this. There was a man who was traveling from here to there, and some robbers jumped out. And, and ambushed him and attacked him and beat him into uh, to the very inch of his life. And then a, a priest came along and, and saw the man and crossed over to the other side of the road. And likewise, the Levite came along and, and, and saw the man and also crossed over to the other side of the road. And, and often as we tell this story, the, the Levite and, and the priest, they get a bad rap, right? They get a bad rap, but the priest and the Levite, were, they were on their way to love on a community of faith. It's a little bit more complicated than that, right? If, 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 the, priest, if the priest who had become ritually clean had stopped to help this, this person who was beaten, then, that, then the priest would no longer be clean and then be able to preside over the gathering of the Jewish people. Right, he would have become ritually unclean. Therefore, he wasn't able then to love on the community as he was called to. The same thing with the Levite. But, but you know, the, the story is so important because it's not about what the priest and the Levite didn't do. It's about what the Good Samaritan did. The, the Good Samaritan who is on the outside of society, on the margins of society, still saw that there was a more excellent way. And, and he crossed not to the other side of the road. He, he went right up to the man in need and helped to, to he, he bandaged up his wounds. And he helped him go to a place where he was safe. And he put him in an inn and told the innkeeper, take care of this man. 
and, and I'm, I have to go away and continue my work. But when I come back, if the man has racked up more debt than these two denarii, two days wages that I give you, then, then, then put his expense on my tab. The good Samaritan goes beyond the call of duty because love is more than talking the talk. It's about walking the walk. The good Samaritan says the way things are isn't the way they always have to be. And, and, and I'm going to put, I'm, I'm going to have some skin in the game. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to take a risk to go beyond convention. I'm going to break expectation. And I'm even going to do something that goes against my own self-interest. I'm going to act in a way that even goes beyond my self-interest so that I might be in solidarity and connection with those who are vulnerable, with those who are marginalized, with those who need a helping hand. That's grace. That's love. And because of the grace of God, we who find ourselves loved beyond measure are called to share this love with one another. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Not because doing good wins us a place in heaven, but because the work of God at work in our hearts transforms us in such a way that we just can't keep it to ourselves. That we just can't keep it to ourselves. Because we know ourselves to be loved by a God who loves us freely, we are called to love others into freedom. The three simple rules of Methodism says it this way, that we are called to do no harm, that we are called to do good, and we are called to stay in love with God. Do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. We stay in love with God because there is a God who loved us so much that God gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I want to stay in that love from the rising of the sun to the very going down of the same. I, with a, a Valentine's Day just a few days away, I want to fall in love again. I want to fall in love again because, beloved, I need to fall in love again. We need to fall in love again. We need to fall in love again because the world needs us to fall in love again. We want to fall in love head over heels in love. We want to sing those love songs and, and be smitten with those googly eyes such that we find our first love again, which calls us to love everybody and treat everybody right. And we love one another just as God has loved us. Yes, there are 27 books in the New Testament and 39 books in the Old, making 66 books in the Bible. 
Yes, there are 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, 783,137 words, 3,116,480 letters in the Bible. But the entirety of the Bible can be reduced to these nine letters, three syllables, and three simple words that God is love. Somebody ought to say amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.